on this episode of Fantasy NFL Today. Go get your guys. 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 We wrap up the ESPN ADP rankings in a unique way. I'm not going to continue to just go through round seven, round eight, round nine, round 10, because at this point in the draft, you have to go get your guys. Stop being a zombie to these ADP rankings. Skim down no matter how far it is and go get your next guy. Because if you don't, someone else will. Don't settle for next best available. Go get the guy you want. We already solidified our team in the first six rounds. The house is built. The foundation is sturdy. Go get the boom potential guys that can take your team over the top. I have an entire list for you on this episode, and the only way to find out who they are is to listen right now. Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today, presented by HoopBall. Today is Thursday, August 26th. I am your host, Anthony Germain, and you can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Talking Sunday, all one word. And rounds one through six are in the books, and now you have completed the foundation of your team. It should be rock solid, nice and sturdy without taking too much risk in those early rounds. Maybe you now have three stud workhorse running backs paired with three wide receivers with two of them at least being a premium worthy receiver of starting and one quarterback. That is my preferred method through these first six rounds. I would like to come away with three running backs, three wide receivers, and one quarterback. But as we know, things change during the draft and you have to adjust. Maybe you were only able to secure two workhorse backs Taking the third one didn't make sense, and you were able to get three premier wide receivers to pair with a stud tight end and a quarterback. That also works. The only tight ends you should be considering in these first five rounds are Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle, but those are going to cost you a lot more than you're going to want to spend. And to be honest, I don't really subscribe to George Kittle that early. Waller, yes. Kittle, not so much. Kelsey is going to go at the top of the first round or immediately off that hook in the second round. I don't recommend blowing your high capital on Travis Kelsey with all that running back and wide receiver talent just readily sitting there available for you to take. If Waller somehow slides into that third round and you want to set the tone at tight end, by all means, do it. Look at Waller or Kittle as just another premium wide receiver. So for example... Let's say in the first two rounds, you follow the robust running back draft strategy and land it two of those stud backs that we always talk about here on this pod. And again, this is all very possible because not everyone in your league will draft this way. Most of your team managers won't be able to fight that temptation. Someone will come away with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes way too early. A handful of people will start to take wide receivers in round one, followed by a massive run on the wide receiver position in round two. So it's very possible that you can land an Antonio Gibson or a Najee Harris in the middle of round two. It's very, very possible. 
But for the purposes of the tight end argument, say we landed our two stud backs, Waller or Kittle have now slid into that third round. It's a fantastic investment. Darren Waller finished last season with 225 fantasy points in half-point PPR leagues. And by the way, the only reason I'm hesitant with George Kittle and not Waller is that Kittle in that 49er offense, it's a run-heavy team that's transitioning to a new quarterback. And the last time that we saw Kittle dominate was back in 2019 when he finished the season with 181 fantasy points which is 45 less points than what Waller did last season. So I heavily favor Waller over Kittle and some of the wide receivers that are available in that third round. If these guys slide to that round are guys like Allen Robinson with 211 points last year, Keenan Allen, 195, Terry McLaurin, 180, and Mike Evans with 213. So if you'll notice, Darren Waller, again, last season had 225 points, which is more than any of those guys I just mentioned. But Kittle, on the other hand, his best season that he's ever had in that 2019 year is below all of them. So we can make the argument for drafting any of these wide receivers, even a Julio Jones or a C.D. Lamb. We can make the argument to take the tight end or the wide receiver. It's really just preference. If you want to put the nail in the tight end coffin early, go for it. Again, I wouldn't do it earlier than the third round, but that's real solid value if they slide to you here in the third round. But if you're more like me, and I have consistently over the years have pushed the tight end further and further down the charts, you can consider drafting the next tier of tight ends in rounds five or six as well. So you can still stack up on your running backs and stack up on your wide receivers and maybe even grab a quarterback before you get to the second tier of these tight ends. And those guys are the Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinsons, and Kyle Pitts. They should all be attainable within the five and six round range. With Andrews, we've seen the consistent production from Baltimore tight ends over the years, and that is not going to change anytime soon. With TJ Hawkinson in a poor, very, very poor wide receiver core, being the only target, only viable target for those Lions, and Dan Campbell, the new head coach, being a former tight end himself in the past, Hawkinson has extreme value, and Kyle Pitts is one of the highest graded tight ends to ever come out of college football. All three are great options, so you can wait. If you're presented with the choice of an A.J. Brown or a Darren Waller, I'm probably going to take the A.J. Brown and then try to get one of these next three tight ends in rounds five or six. It really depends which receivers are there for you when you get to these tight ends. But if you miss any of these six guys I just mentioned, just wait. And wait as long as you can because you are essentially lighting draft picks on fire if you start to take tight ends in the middle of your draft. And on this special episode of Go Get Your Guys, I have a few tight ends that you should be able to snag or target with no issues at the very end of your draft. So now that our team is sturdy within these first six rounds, Starting here in the seventh round, we can start to skim down the ADP cheat sheets that most people are zombies to and start sniping the guys that you really want. Your must-haves. Go get them because if you don't, someone else will. There's no guarantee they'll be there for another round or two. 
be aggressive and set the tone for the rest of the league. Sometimes when you start to get aggressive, you can send some of your opponents into a panic frenzy, causing them to reach and act erratic. Rattle their cages a bit, knock them off their rocker, because that is always fun to watch. Throw a wrench in everyone's plans, causing pure chaos. Go get your guys. And this is why I highly recommend the robust running back draft strategy because these next two rounds, in rounds seven and eight, there are about six to seven wide receivers you should be targeting and all should contribute immediately to your fantasy rosters. Wide receivers Brandon Cooks, Devontae Smith, Debo Samuel, and Mike Williams were all mentioned in my top fantasy wide receiver sleepers of the year, and it's no shock to find them as we go down and get our guys. Brandon Cooks is finally priced where we can take him, and honestly, I have to say he's underpriced in my opinion. He's only finished once, worse than the wide receiver 16 in his entire career, and the narrative of him being an injury-prone player is proved to be false. He's only missed three games in the last two years. Cooks is the guy in Houston, the true number one wide receiver. He's the most talented in a talentless group, and this team will be playing catch-up often. So Brandon Cooks as a seventh round pick, possibly as your wide receiver three, is phenomenal value. Devontae Smith is another one I've talked about before. The Philadelphia Eagles are about to surprise most of you. And Devontae Smith is easily the most talented receiver on that team with finally, finally a healthy offensive line returning for the Philadelphia Eagles. All the pieces are in place for quarterback Jalen Hurts to succeed. And as the number one option on this team, coming off the board in round seven is an absolute steal. And we're getting him to possibly be, again, like Cooks or wide receiver three. And this guy has potential to finish as one of the top wideouts in the league. Debo Samuel and Mike Williams on the ESPN ADP rankings fall into the eighth round. And like I said, these were on my sleeper list. So if you missed that episode, please go back and check it out. But I'll do a quick recap for you. Debo Samuel returns after a successful, a very successful 2019 campaign. And while everybody is drafting Brandon Ayuk much higher, you have to remember that Ayuk was forced into that number one role last year. There was no George Kittle on the field. There was no Debo Samuel on the field. So of course he's going to put up decent numbers. Of course, when you look at his stat sheet and what he did last year, it's impressive, but that's not the case anymore. And Debo Samuel is a baller, a bruiser, and a bully. Don't forget what he did in that 2019 season. All you have to do is go on YouTube and rewatch his highlights to be reminded of how good he actually was. And with Mike Williams, new offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi spent the last six seasons with the Saints and wants Mike Williams to take on the Michael Thomas role as the X receiver. He wants him to grab more balls closer to the line of scrimmage, kind of how Michael Thomas plays. Mr. Slants, Mr. Slants, Mr. Slants. We could possibly see that from Mike Williams this year. And you can get either of these guys that I'm talking about right now. They're both great value with huge potential. Corey Davis is somebody I haven't talked about, but another phenomenal get here in the ninth round if you can. 
You guys all know how much I love the rookie prospect Elijah Moore, but don't sleep on Corey Davis. All he did last year was have a career year with the Titans with 65 grabs just under 1,000 yards and five touchdowns. And here, with an ESPN ADP at 88, is straight up disrespectful. With the injury to Eli Moore during this preseason causing him to miss a couple weeks of training camp, the chemistry and bond between Wilson and Davis has only gotten better with a strong performance against the Packers in week two of the preseason. I want you to erase everything you know about the Jets and Adam Gase. Get it out of your brain because this Jets team, like the Eagles, is going to surprise a lot of you at least offensively, and I'm here to push the first domino down. You've been warned. Another wide receiver. As we continue to see how deep this wide receiver position actually goes, Antonio Brown. Brown is the guy to own. He's the one you want out of all the Tampa Bay receivers, and he's sitting here in the eighth round with an ESPN ADP at 91. It's a crime. Antonio Brown only played eight games with the Bucs last season and still only saw 21 less targets than Chris Godwin all year long. Who has Brady tended to target more during his never-ending career? Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman. All these guys are the short, speedy guys. And that's exactly what Antonio Brown is. For whatever reason, Tom Brady loves the short, speedy receiver. He pounded the table to get a B in New England. Then he pounded the table harder to get a B in Tampa Bay. And I mean, the two live together. Call him a sleeper. Call him value. I call this a steal. Are you seeing how deep these receivers run? Are you getting it yet? We can plug in Brandon Cooks, Corey Davis, or Antonio Brown after we solidify those big workhorse backs because those big workhorse backs aren't available now. We're still getting production from this wide receiver position. Fill the horse stable and grab all of these receivers who are all situated for success. Now, it's not all doom and gloom if you missed out on grabbing those workhorse backs. There are still some good running backs to grab late, but again, they're all involved in a split backfield. Melvin Gordon, split backfield with Javante Williams, but Melvin Gordon will start the season as the starter as long as he's healthy. The Javante Williams takeover is going to be a long process. I explained this on yesterday's episode. So draft Melvin Gordon if you need a running back to hold your team afloat while you're waiting for maybe another running back like a Trey Sermon or even if you drafted Javante Williams to take over later in the season. The longer the season goes on, the more we should see Gordon phased out in that offense. But he'll definitely be a really, really solid back to have for at least half of the season. AJ Dillon is another great grab. Although he doesn't have the same skill set as Jamal Williams, don't expect the Packers to suddenly change their offensive philosophy. Dillon will still be a major factor because last season, Jamal Williams took over 700 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns away from Aaron Jones. And I think it's fair to assume that Dillon can hit this benchmark one way or another. 
We all saw what A.J. Dillon was capable of when he towed at the Rock 21 times for 124 yards and two touchdowns in Week 16 against the Tennessee Titans defense. The talent is there, the talent is real, and they will not let it go to waste on the bench. So grab A.J. Dillon if you can get him in the ninth round. Ronald Jones. Hello, 911. I'd like to report another crime because I don't know what people are thinking here. Leonard Fournette? Gio Bernard? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Remember, the Bucks acquired Leonard Fournette before the season started, and it was still the Ronald McDonald show all year long. But for some reason, everyone wants to just peg his playoff performance, playoff Lenny. Get over yourselves. The truth is Ronald Jones is a good back. He had over 1,100 all-purpose yards and eight touchdowns last season. And guess what? He's still the starter. Gio Bernard is not a threat to Rojo. Gio Bernard is a threat to Leonard Fournette. So if Ronald Jones is available to you at any point this late in the draft, do not hesitate and take him quickly. Michael Carter is another great running back to target. Yes, another Jet. Yes, take all the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets you can get. Carter is the exact back you're looking for later on in the draft. He's in a perfect situation to take over and get a lot of volume. Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson are not threatening backs. What's threatening is a back that ran for over 2,200 rushing yards and 16 touchdowns during his last two seasons with the UNC Tar Heels. Carter is a young buck with everything to prove on a team that's going to run the ball a lot. New offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur is inserting his brother's Green Bay offense all under the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan tree. If you like what you see from those offenses, you're going to like what you see from the Jets this year. So even if you have three stud backs ready to go in that stable, if Carter makes it to round nine and the clock is ticking, Go ahead and make the selection. You won't be disappointed. Ken Yan Drake is a surprising pick for me. He's been someone I loathed over the last couple seasons, but fantasy football is all about ADPs. And with his ESPN ADP sitting here at 103, this is a buy, buy, buy. I don't loathe players for no reason. It's all about the overreactions and inflated ADPs. Remember, this guy was coming off draft boards in the second round a year ago. And guess what? I was right, as reflected in his current ADP now. Because of the ADP and the new role he'll take on as a Raider, this is now immense value. The Raiders face one of the hardest schedules against the run, so when things start to get murky for starter Josh Jacobs, they'll resort to passing the ball to pass-catching specialist Kenyon Drake. With a porous defense, the Raiders should be playing from behind a lot, and all those chunk yardage gains Drake should eat up makes him extremely valuable here in the ninth round. And right here is exactly what I'm talking about with tight ends. They have Jonu Smith here with an ADP at 108. But I'm telling you right now, for as many drafts as, as I have participated in, you'll be able to get Jonu Smith much later. So here, this is really overvalued, but you'll be able to get him in rounds 11 or 12 if you really want him. Remember, before last year, the Patriots offense was predicated off of strong tight end play, and now they have two really good ones in the mix by adding Smith and Hunter Henry. But if you're in the mix for Jonu Smith, it's because you missed one of the big six tight ends I mentioned at the top of the pod. 
even though I really like Smith, don't take a tight end in round nine. Wait until at least round 12, 13, or 14. Another running back that ESPN has as a 10th round pick is San Francisco's rookie running back, Trey Saramon. Again, you are not going to get this guy in the 10th round, but like Michael Carter, Saramon is perfectly situated to take over the lead back role. Raheem Mostert is a little older, and they selected Saramon with a third round pick. With an offense that runs the ball as often as San Francisco does, there's major boom potential written all over Saramon, and he's another great player to grab if you can. So if you add it three stud running backs already, and you can possibly get Trey Saramon in the seventh round, he's a great add, but you just might have to wait a little, be a little patient for him to boom. I also like Philip Lindsay running back for Houston. I don't think he's going to be necessarily a league winner, but he could fill in for your bye weeks. He could fill in if someone gets injured as a flex player. He's clearly the most talented back on that team at this current moment. David Johnson is older now. He looks more like a shell of himself. Mark Ingram might not make the team. So for me, Philip Lindsay is the clear cut option for the running back situation in Houston. If you missed out on any of the premium quarterbacks at the top of the draft, Jalen Hurts is a phenomenal quarterback to have. I mentioned this on yesterday's pod that he has potential to become what Josh Allen became last year. I'm not saying they're the same quarterback. I'm saying he has potential to make a leap like that. Although not very accurate, he can make certain throws and he will kill you with his legs. And rushing yards, especially from a quarterback, is exactly what you want in fantasy football. Jalen Hurts could possibly be the steal of the draft. And speaking of steals of the draft, I can't emphasize this enough. This is now my favorite steal, my favorite player to go down and get. I'm willing to reach three to four rounds higher than his current ADP here on the ESPN cheat sheets. His name is Marquez Callaway, the wide receiver for the Saints. This is a must-have guy. With the Michael Thomas injury, he's the clear-cut number one wideout for the New Orleans Saints and just showed everyone why on Monday Night Football. The famous Jameis Winston and Callaway connection is alive and very, very real. The two hooked up for 104 yards and two spectacular touchdowns against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The kid looks promising, and I don't care how far you have to reach to do it, do it. Get on your tippy toes if you have to. I'm willing to go as far to pluck this guy out of the 7th or 8th round, not the 10th, 11th, or 12th round. I think he's going to be that good. Even when Michael Thomas comes back, Thomas is just going to be a thorn in the side for the team. More of a pain in the ass. His injuries still might linger. Callaway is going to be the guy and could be the ultimate payoff, especially if you are doing the robust running back draft strategy. Some other running backs to keep your eye on as we go further and further down the draft. As we hit round 11 in the ESPN ADP rankings, I see a lot of guys I still like, but keep in mind, as you approach this round 11, you might start to see team defenses come off the board. Somebody's probably going to take the Washington football defense or the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and it could possibly start a whole chain of a defense run. Now, I don't think it's too smart to get a defense that early. I usually like to wait to the very end right before I draft a kicker, but it depends on how your leagues score defense. If you're getting two points per sack, two points per interception, and all these other crazy statistics put into the defense, then it might make sense to grab a defense this early in the draft. 
And when I say early, it's really just referring to how early you're taking a defense. But if all those top defenses go off the board and you're left between choosing somebody like the Colts defense or somebody like the Broncos defense, at that point, you would just wait. But if you have the chance and your league defensive scoring is skewed higher than most, then go ahead and take a top defense. But there are some other running backs in this area we could talk about. We have Devin Singletary on the Buffalo Bills, Gus Edwards and Naheem Hines, all solid options as a RB4 or 5. Singletary is still involved in that split backfield with Zach Moss. He still continues to produce at a somewhat decent level. Gus Edwards, who I've talked about when we discussed J.K. Dobbins, outperformed J.K. Dobbins from a running back perspective. He was better in yards after contact and better in forced missed tackles. Gus Edwards might be the better running back. And I don't think Naheem Hines' role is going away. I still think he's going to be that pass-catching back out of the backfield with nice production week in and week out. Four other receivers listed here at the top. We have Paris Campbell, another one of my favorite Jet wide receivers, Elijah Moore, who I've talked about so much, Terrace Marshall on the Carolina Panthers, and Brian Edwards with the Las Vegas Raiders. Paris Campbell has a true opportunity to take over as the number one receiver in Indianapolis. He was drafted one round before college teammate Terry McLaurin. He dealt with an injury last year, and his rookie year had Jacoby Brissett passing him the ball. So all I'm saying with Campbell is that he has a prime opportunity to succeed. Elijah Moore is just the next Ole Miss product coming out. We saw DK Metcalf. We saw what A.J. Brown has done. And now Elijah Moore. Very talented. I have not heard one person say one bad thing about him on the field or off the field. And again, this Jets offense is just going to be a lot different from what you're used to. And he has the talent to succeed. I love Elijah Moore. He's my number one fantasy sleeper of the year. I like Terrence Marshall a lot. But the problem in Carolina is Sam Darnold, as I talked about with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And that's also the other problem. He's buried behind the depth chart there. He's not going to be on the field as much as those guys. With Paris Campbell and Elijah Moore and all the other receivers I talked about, they're going to be on the field all the time. So I like Terrace Marshall, but I don't know if I like him for the 2021 season. And Brian Edwards is another very, 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 very sneaky receiver. Remember, he was slated as the starter before he got hurt last year, and that injury never really went away. It bothered him all year. And now with reports coming out of camp of how much he's dominating, and then John Gruden said he looks like Terrell Owens, and somebody else said he looks like Randy Moss. Now take that for what it is, but he is the tallest and biggest receiver on that team. And if he is doing that as a late 14th round pick here, it's definitely worth the gamble, especially if you're doing the robust running back draft strategy. And then also super late in these drafts, if you've missed out on a premium quarterback, make sure you draft a safe quarterback. Get a Derek Carr. Get a Kirk Cousins. But the guys you really want to target are these rookies. You want to target Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson. All three of these guys have potential to boom and become a QB1. So start your season with someone safe like Carr or Kirk Cousins or Ben Roethlisberger. And all you really have to do is stash Fields, stash Lance, or stash Zach Wilson and wait for them to boom. Because if they do, now you have cheat code at your draft. You have received a QB1 in one of the last rounds. Be smart in your draft. Whatever you're lacking in as your draft goes on, have a backup plan. 
If you miss out on the tight end, here's some tight ends. Anthony Fersker, I know that doesn't sound sexy, but look how Tennessee has used their tight ends over the past. Jonu Smith has had relative success with the Titans, and now Fersker is the starter. Adam Troutman, I was a little higher on until he got hurt, and now there are reports that this other tight end for the Saints is outperforming him, so I'm not as high on Adam Troutman, but they did use a high draft capital on him in 2020. One of my favorite tight ends, if you miss out on all of them, is new Seattle tight end Gerald Everett. Just like with the Titans, we've seen Seattle tight ends succeed. We've seen no-name tight ends like Will Disley, Jacob Hollister, Luke Wilson all have fantasy impacts. But now the Seahawks actually get a talented tight end with Gerald Everett. This guy's metrics are off the charts. He was a second-round pick in 2017. He should now be in the prime of his career at the age of 27. And again, if you've just seen what Russell Wilson and the Seattle offense have done with their tight ends in the past, those guys were nobodies. This guy at least has the talent and now the opportunity to take it to the next level in Seattle. And then lastly, there's two undrafted guys I wanted to talk about. Number one is Ramondre Stevenson. And with the Patriots just recently trading Sonny Michelle away, Ramadre Stevenson will not be going undrafted. His ADP should climb. He's another really good running back to go get. I know I said on previous pods to not look too much into the preseason, but this was two games now where he balled out, where he balled the F out, and he looked good doing it. He looked smooth. He looked powerful. He looked quick. He looked agile. All of it. All, everything you're looking to see. I think it's a boost for Damian Harris's stock, and I think it's a bigger boost for Ramondre Stevenson's stock. And the last guy is Cuba Hubbard, and it's not even that I like him that much or I think he's that talented. He is just primed to take over if anything were to happen to Christian McCaffrey again. Remember, Christian McCaffrey gets an absurd workload, and he's not that big. So an injury is definitely something to be concerned about if you're a Christian McCaffrey owner. So Cuba Hubbard is somebody you're looking to backfill that position with. And that does it for our show today. Those are all of the guys that I'll be targeting as the draft goes deeper and deeper. If I didn't mention them, it's not that I don't like them or hate them. I either agree with the ADP that they're currently at, or I just don't have anything special to say about them. Everyone I mentioned in today's episode will have significant value on any of your fantasy teams. Feel free to DM me or drop me a question on my Twitter feed. I will gladly answer all of your fantasy questions regarding these players we talked about or any other player you want to know about. And oh man, we are getting close. I could feel it in the air. One of my biggest drafts is this weekend on Saturday, at least one of my most competitive, my, my most prideful one. You know, the one that all your friends will bust each other's chops about all year. That's this one this Saturday night. So very excited. I hope everyone else is excited if your draft is this weekend or next weekend. So if your draft is next weekend, we still have a lot of content for next week as we gear up for the season. And as we go into the regular season, we will talk about all the other fantasy aspects on the pod. We'll do ad drops. We'll talk Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, trades. We'll talk more and more of the betting market. That is one of my favorite things to talk about. We will give you our best bets on Friday with my new segment, Lock It Up. We will talk spreads, props, over-unders. 
So very exciting things to look forward to once we hit the season. But as we go into tomorrow and next week, we're going to start to look at some mock drafts. We're going to do a mock draft. We're going to fire it up for everybody. We're going to discuss our picks as we go through the draft. We're going to discuss why we're taking this player over the other three players that might be available. It's going to be fun and exciting, I promise. And I can't wait to get through it all with you. But until then, we will talk to you tomorrow.